I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the Islanders are in a very bad place. They're down two games to none to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, thanks to two games that were both uh, hard to watch and heartbreaking in completely different ways. And you take your pick which one was worse. Most people seem to think game two was worse, but I mean, game game one was no picnic either. Yeah, they're in a, a very bad place in a good place, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Because, you know, you can't, you still kind of try to pinch yourself about them being in the Eastern Conference Final. I think the weirdest thing to get used to is hearing during, like, when I'm watching the Knights and Stars games or, or just watching, like, NBC Sports in general when they bring up, oh, and tomorrow on the Eastern Conference Final, it's Game 3 between the Islanders and, uh, right, you know, I don't even care what the other team is. Once I hear Islanders in Eastern <laughs> Conference Final, it's still weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, it's it was you, you got your heart stomped on you, and you know someone put on their their steel toe boots and like kicked you right in the stomach, and then they in game one, and then they basically just tore you apart in game two. I mean, I I couldn't believe the just the way I felt after game two because it was just something. It, I, I don't I I know we're. You know, we're, we're already at like we're six weeks or whatever into this tournament. So the whole, uh, you know, it's great having these feelings back is probably old. But the Islanders haven't had like a game like that. I mean, even the, the losses against the Flyers were, uh, you know, they, they were never they weren't truly in danger of being uh, in trouble. So 
having that happen was, uh, it was like all these emotions kind of came crashing down on me at once. And I'm still sorting through them, to be honest. Yeah, I think stunning is the the best yeah. word to describe the game too, because I just sat there. Now my wife, she generally falls asleep on the couch sometime around uh, 9.30 or so. Uh, you know, we put our daughter to bed and then she'll come down and, and she'll basically fall asleep too. So the two of them are asleep and I'm the only one who's awake in the house. So I guess the cat is there. And so we're watching this whole thing and, and that goal happens and she was not quite asleep. And I'm like, oh, and I said, Tampa Bay just scored with seven seconds to go in the third period. And she heard me. She was like, oh, that's terrible. But she wasn't really awake. And so she went back to sleep. And so this morning she's like, so what happened last night? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes in the game. I said, I told you they, they scored with seven seconds to go. I mean, that was it. It was the game was over. And she's like, oh, <laughs> so it was just like I had to relive that awful experience all over again this morning after I just sat there, you know, stunned basically for almost like a half hour. I would say just sitting there looking yeah. at the TV like I, I mean, I, the, the post game show came on and whatever. And I was just I don't even know what people were saying because I was just kind of sitting there and like, scanning Twitter and stuff. And it was a bad scene. But let, let's back up a couple of days and start with game one. There's not a whole lot to be said about it. Um, it was on uh, Monday. It was um, the, the, uh, the Islanders had polished off the flyers in game f- uh, seven on Saturday, Monday, they had played the lightning and got whacked eight to two. Um, Barry Trotz said in his thing today, that wasn't them. They just, they never had it. They had traveled. They were tired. Ray Ferraro. If you haven't listened to Ray Ferraro on uh, no sleep till Belmont, you really should. Cause it, it was really great. And he said, basically he knew they were going to lose that badly because the same thing, same exact thing happened to them in 1993. They, they beat the penguins in this very emotional game seven, got on a plane, flew to Montreal and then just got trashed eight to two or something like that. Um, Nikita Kucherov and Braden point. We're going to talk about them a lot in a little bit. They each had five points in this game. The Islanders were never in it. They were, they were briefly tied one, one, you know, uh, about a couple of minutes there. And then the wheels just fully came off. That was like the only sign of life they had before Nick Letty just scored and randomly in the third period. And then I think the lightning tacked on two more, maybe after that, um, it was bad. Grice started, got pulled. Varlamov came in, played okay, but ended up giving up five goals. His body language by the end of it was being commented on by NBC, which is never a good sign. Like, and Keith Jones is like, I don't know who they're going to, you know, what are they going to do with all this? Or I think it was Brian Boucher. You know, this could be a problem for Barry Trotz. Well, who who else is going to start the next game besides one of these two guys? They're not just going to (laughs) like, you know, pull Billy Smith out of cryo freeze and have him start game three. What do you want? What are you talking about? Of course, his his body language is going to be bad. They're getting wrecked in front of him, you know? But anyway, um, couple of guys just had nightmare games. Barzell, for one, you don't see that too often. Pollock and Taves, we're going to talk a lot about them in a little bit too. Um, and the funny thing was, the worst part about that game was that for two periods, despite the score, the underlying numbers actually weren't that lopsided. The Islanders had their share of high danger chances. Um, particularly in the second period, they, they actually didn't play too poorly. But I mean, when you go into the second period, in the third period, I think down 5-1 or whatever it was, you know, it's just, there was no, they, they were never going to get that back. They would have taken some kind of monumental effort. So um, I don't know. What, what were you thinking at that time? Cause that was just, you know, it was sort of an out of body experience almost like you're just like, Oh man, this is like, you, you wanted to be detached from it. But at the same time, you're like, wait, no, this is my team. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> I, I got to care, but at the same time, it's hard to, to really, you don't want to get too invested in it. You know? I, I mean, the, the thing that hurt me the most about game one was 
here we are. Like you said, we, we waited since 1993. I've never seen the Islanders play in an Eastern Conference final. Could they have waited like, you know, 15 minutes before giving up a goal or something? I don't know. Like, like that was what, <laughs> what it was. Like, you know, it snapped, me, it snapped me into game mode before I wanted to, you know, I, there, there's no stop and smell the roses in an empty arena, I guess. But uh, I, would, I would have liked a, uh, you know, a couple more minutes before having to like be like, oh, God, we got a cloud of a hole. And then they did for a second, and then yeah, it's just it, those. The problem with game one to me, it came down to the Islanders weren't opportunistic, which is it. Like, it, no matter who you spoke to before the series, it was basically like the Islanders. They're going to need two things: they're going to need goaltending, and they're going to need to be able to finish off their chances. And both those things didn't happen in game one. And the Lightning were. I mean, it was there was some. I, I don't say they definitely didn't dominate the. You know, the ice wasn't really that tilted. But what they were were they they were dynamic. So like you, that that really it's hard to show up that stuff. It's hard to show up on heat maps and stuff. But when Nikita Kucherov is playing making plays like where he like flipped his stick over to yeah. to point like you, you can't like that was one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. I don't know why you would even think to try that. Like I don't know. I didn't understand the physics of it. Yeah, there was definitely some like globetrotter shit going on. Yeah. And why not? You know, I mean, point that... on that first goal too. It's just like that yeah. that goal just like jolted you. Uh right. and it was like, oh yeah, these are not the Flyers or the Capitals or the Panthers. Um yeah and, and he's like I thought the like it's gotta be tough to broadcast a game like that, but it's like the whole the whole point the reason that this team works, especially with the goaltending, is that these these two guys are basically equals. Like, right. you know, they're both good. This isn't. We're not talking about you know Michael Hutchinson and uh, you know another Michael Hutchinson. You know, in, in goal. <laughs> like these these are two established, reliable goaltenders who I think any coach in the NHL would sign up for. So it was you know one bad game isn't going to force Barry Trotz saying you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Chris Gibson yeah. in. You know, just sit on the <laughs> bench today. I don't know what Boucher is talking about, but. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a wash, I thought, and you know, a, a t- the type of, you know, throwaway game that you just really need to avoid, and uh, you, you, you could, they sure, they didn't play as bad as an eight two scoreline, but if you lose eight two, you obviously didn't do something right, and uh, <laughs> like you said, like there were, there were noticeable guys, uh, and they were the, the, you, you need Bar- Barzell, I thought was fantastic in game two, but game one was a little bit of a drag. I think he probably. It was like an adjustment period for him getting used to playing against uh, a team that you know has six or seven guys who can skate like he can, including some defensemen and uh, <laughs> and and the rest of the team. Yeah, Polak would like getting undressed on your first shift basically it can't be you know mm. good confidence building uh, thing and yeah it's just like to a man I thought the Islanders were just slightly off and off enough for the Lightning you know if you do that against the a team the best team in the NHL basically you're going to get you can get slapped in the face and that's what happened and. Uh, then yeah, and and you, you you they they said all the right things too after the game, and and so did the Lightning. Like Braden Point after right. the game was like that that was not a blowout game. Like it didn't feel like a blowout game. Uh, so we'll we'll be ready for them in game two. And the Islanders kind of said we, we you know we weren't like good, but we weren't terrible. So you thought, and they they were better in game two, but yeah, uh, you know to a man, everybody, the Lightning, the Islanders, and actually most most media outlets too said the same thing. Like there's no way that this was a sign of things to come. Like it was an outlier team, you know, travels, it's going to be bad. John Cooper was like, we expect them to come out and play their game uh, in game two. The Islanders said the same thing. Um, and uh, that's pretty much the way it went. Um, I thought Brock Nelson may have been the only guy in that 
first game that that looked like himself and looked you know ready ready to go from the jump. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because in game two he looked the same way. <laughs> he, he thought I thought he was looking pretty good. He came out um, and was hit uh, from behind by Alex Kalorn, who uh, was given five minute major and a game. So the Islanders started with a one nothing lead thanks to Matt Martin. By the way, has Matt Martin ever played better than he has played? in his career in these last like say three weeks or so it's he's so weird crazy it's yeah it's it's like he he's morphed into the almost like a younger version of himself like there were times in you know under capuano a better one yeah and and (laughs) i'm like who is this like because he's doing he's making plays like these like really slick passes it's not just like you know playing that heavy game which he's still doing but he's bringing something new um yeah something going on there uh it's weird because like yesterday, they they had a close up of his face, and I was like, "I really kind of hope they resign this guy," which is not yeah. something I was expected to be saying on you know September tenth when when uh, about Matt Martin. I thought you know this is it. Like, don't take it for granted. I was I was going into his last couple games or this this uh, uh, tournament with him in mind as a don't take Matt Martin for granted kind of thing. Not a right. oh we better resign this guy on a one year deal because he looks good kind mm. of thing. Yeah, he's uh, it's really been quite a revelation. And the, the crazy thing is that Casey Zegas hasn't scored a playoff goal, a goal this entire playoff, going back like, I don't know, 40-something games or so uh, in the playoffs. And But the way Martin is playing, you would almost wouldn't believe it. Now, Martin has five goals. So, I mean, it's not like that line isn't producing. And actually, he had five goals in the regular season, too, which I completely forgot he had. Um, but uh, every time I watch him play, I'm like, wow, this guy is really – and good for him. Like, he's a real – you know, we've talked about him before. Like, he's the mayor, you know. I mean, he's a, one of the more likable Islanders. And he's been around forever. And aside from that two-year uh, hiatus that we don't need to talk about, but uh, every time I see him play out there, he's he's really doing some stuff. And he, you know, that that goal he scored in game two eh, is probably a little bit fluky. I think it bounced off of some Lightning player's stick. But you know, when you make your own luck, as uh, Bon Jovi would say, and so you're uh, kind of, uh, you know, so you're in the right place at the right time. And he's making things happen and gave the Islanders a much needed one nothing lead in that game, and it was great. Um, then Nelson got hurt. They had a very a five minute uh, power play and just didn't really do much with it. Like it's just, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't the worst power play we've ever seen, but, and you obviously if with five minutes, you, you've got a lot of time, so there's no reason to really rush, but it was not good. And, and, you know, we've seen that a bunch. I know this Islanders team, we say all the time is different from a lot of previous iterations where this would have held true. But I think it's just a universal truth is that when you get that five, that five minute power play and you don't score, that could be bad news somewhere down the line, especially early in the, in the game. So what happens? They kill off this five-minute power play, and then with about a minute and a half to go or so before the end of the post, Victor Hedman, right off a face-off, which of course came after an icing, which apparently shouldn't have happened because Kevin Chadkirk may or may not have touched the puck. Um, he just sort of lasers it in. Um, it was a just a what we used to call in baseball a frozen rope, you know, and it just shoots right in and hit bounces off the post and behind Varlamov. I saw some like, oh, you got to have that. You know, I mean, that, yeah, I guess, but maybe fling the pad out, I guess. But boy, that, I, I haven't seen a line, a, a puck on a line like that in a long time. He's yeah. got some shot. And he's just some, you know, I, talk about taking people for granted. It's just, it's pretty evident that the Islanders don't have a Victor Hedman. I mean, obviously <laughs> nobody does, but this guy is just, a, he, I, I, as good as he is and as, as many accolades as he has, I still don't think we have a grasp on how good this guy really is. Mm-hmm. First, first of all, he's monstrously huge. And second of all, he's out there doing things that, I mean, I don't know if anybody can can do them. He's just he's just that good. And he's, I just, you know, 
Yeah. He's so scary. I, I mean, I spent yeah. basically the whole game yesterday talking with one of my friends and uh, who I, he's a big Islander fan. And that's all we talked about was just anytime he's on the ice, he, he's doing something. Yeah. Uh, and, he's like a Chris Pronger levels almost. Yeah. Right? I think, and, and I think what, what scares me the most about him is, is his, like his senses, his hockey IQ is so off the charts. So like, even on that play, like the goal, if you watch yeah. him, like he, he, winds up and kind of like took takes a little bit off it just because I think he saw like an opening from the blue line that he's like, Oh, I can maybe squeeze this in. Cause I think, you know, maybe Varlama is going to be moving this way and he's, he tucked it in somehow. And, and I don't, I'm, I think after that goal, I was the first thing that came to my mind wasn't Varlamov should have had it. I don't, I don't really think that was a terrible goal to give up, especially like there's traffic in front, whatever. And the problem was the icing and, and yes, like, it hit off Kevin Shattenkirk, but you still, the Islanders have done this throughout this postseason and throughout the season, really. I mean, if you go back and think about it, like the Islanders, anytime yeah. they, they have a bad icing, it seems like it ends up in the back of their net. And they're a team that, you know, they're so detail oriented that they kind of deserve to be punished for things like that. Cause that's your whole point as a team is to not, you know, miss those tiny details. And uh, yeah, Taves not getting to the red line there. It was, was kind of egregious. And uh you know, it's, it's happened a couple times to a diff, couple different players in this uh, postseason. But uh, you, I mean, you just you can't. It's it, those little opportunities you need to be aware of against, or those little details you need to be aware of against a team like this. It's just because because if they win a faceoff, guess who whose stick it ends up on? It ends up on. <laughs> stick. Yeah, and I mean, had Taves taken one more step, you know, wouldn't be a problem there. And yeah, they lost two games essentially in overtime to the Flyers because of icings that you know, may or may not have, you know, one guy takes an extra couple of steps and you don't have to worry about, it, or, you know, doesn't fling a pass across his own to nobody, then that doesn't happen. But uh, in any event, you know, the period did, did end one, one. And, but all things considered, the Islanders really owned that period. They had 13 shots to lightnings four and announced their, their presence finally <laughs> in the Eastern conference final game. Uh, period two had no goals, but tons of penalties. I mean, it was a parade to the box. I don't even know who had, I mean, it's funny how the numbers weren't that high, but it just felt like every minute somebody else was, was killing a penalty. Um, at some point, Braden point uh, was gonna, Oh, sorry. So Nelson left the game after his hit uh, from Kalorn and came back at some point in the second and, and didn't look himself. And again, it's a real shame because Hey, you, you hope Brock's okay. He said he passed all the protocols and was given, the go ahead by the doctors and you hope that they have his best interest in mind uh, because he did not look good. Uh, by the end, he may have looked a little bit better, but he was definitely kind of out of it. And his first shift back, he got hit again uh, by Barkley Goodrow in almost a more egregious hit than the one that got Kalorn thrown out of the game. Uh, and so he went down again. The Islanders didn't like that. Um, there was a, I think that was not called. I don't think, right. There was no penalty. There was, there was no um, mention yeah. of it. No, that was nothing. The thing. Yeah. It was weird because in, in the, even in the intermission, first of all, Goudreau whacked him twice. <laughs> like he, he, yeah. got, he, he missed his first initial. Uh, I want to hit this guy in the head and made sure he got his you know money's worth uh, by cross checking <laughs> him in the head. And it's, I, I, I'm guessing that the, the refs all saw it and, were, and put the whistle away because you can't have two, you know, five minute majors against the same team for head to head against the same player. It's like almost, almost, you know, unfathomable, but I mean, that, that was a, that would, that he should have been thrown out of the game. Um, and nobody mentioned it again. Like it wasn't mentioned during the broadcast uh, really again. They, they talked about it for a second uh, and, and kind of moved on after the replay. And then in the intermission, they were talking about Kalorn's hit 
and they were talking mm-hmm. about Brock Nelson, and they didn't, show, they didn't talk about the Goudreau. <laughs> and then it wasn't, you know, you didn't. The, the league didn't even say, you know, oh yeah, yeah we, we saw it. Um, we're not going to suspend him because you know, we, you know, we can't suspend two guys for some reason. Mm-hmm. But they, they, uh, the fact that it was just kind of swept under the rug was really weird because, oh, uh, complaining about officiating is is really kind of a fruitless exercise because right. you can't change it. Like if, if me yelling on Twitter that the that uh Wes McCauley misses a trip is he's not gonna say oh you know what Lebuff got it like he's got it uh <laughs> let's go back and drop the puck for power play for the Islanders but all you, you just want, wish that like those they're they're kind of on the same page like every you know if you're gonna call one you call it again because it it obviously could have really <laughs> wrecked the Islanders series like if they lose Brock Nelson they're screwed and they almost lost him twice yeah. in, on the same kind of play and you only called one of them and there was nothing else, but you just want the consistency. It's a cliche to even say now, like that's all we're asking. Uh, mm. But uh, it, it just hasn't really been there. And uh, it's, it's, it's obviously much more noticeable when, when you're on the wrong, wrong end of the stick, but uh, <laughs> it was, a, it was, it was a curiously refereed game for, for both teams. I don't think, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that stunk. I'm sure the lightning have a list, list of grievances that the Islanders committed as well. At one point, uh, somebody wanted to fight Martin and he, oh, I think it was Maroon maybe, Oh, that's what, like, Maroon got, he got hit into the Islanders' net, and he they were coming back the other way, and then they, they just blew a whistle just as the Islanders had entered the lightning zone. Maroon was still in, in the Islanders' net. He hadn't come up yet. And apparently, um, uh, Thomas Drance is a writer for The Athletic, I believe, and he's been chronicling all the, the stuff that gets said on the ice that you can finally hear because there's nobody else in the arena. And apparently somebody on the Islanders' bench was like, yeah, sure, the biggest guy in the ice all of a sudden got knocked down into, the, you know, so um that was another another thing there but uh in any event um that was you know Goodrow's hit was more punishment for Nelson and again he did finish the game but you know you hope that that he's eventually okay and and the doctors cleared him but uh in any event um also in that second period at some point Braden Point went into the boards hard and I I gotta I gotta admit I have no idea how that happened to me the replay I remember seeing looked like he just kind of fell now maybe the lightning felt that he was tripped or pushed or coerced somehow i don't know honest to god i don't know um if he was well then that wasn't called either uh but uh he left with an injury and he came back and skated a little bit but he never he didn't finish the rest of the game and uh, according to uh, coach cooper he might not make game three uh, there might be some gamesmanship going on there but it's possible he doesn't play which would be a huge uh miss for the lightning we're going to talk about some lineup changes and stuff uh in the second half of this so they go into third period one one the Islanders had more power plays. They had a sh- very short five on three for about 38 seconds. Again, nothing doing. They ended up going over four for the game. Uh, Taves, for whatever reason, on the power play, doesn't didn't want to shoot. Nobody was really getting the stuff through. Uh, Barry Trot said today that they were trying to pass the puck into the net, which is a totally accurate assessment of what was going on. Like nobody was really taking any clean shots. Uh, Eberly. You know, same same pattern continues. He finds himself in these scoring uh, situations and then just doesn't score. Um, he had a couple of chances there too. But uh, nothing came of it, and everything seemed to just be pointing towards overtime. Okay, so we're getting down to the, the final seconds. And, you know, I, I don't need to describe it because I know that everybody listening to this has seen this replay, read about it. Uh, there have been breakdowns that are pretty smart. Justin Bourne had one. Arthur Staple had one. There have been people writing about it. What exactly happened? Zapruder. Um, yeah, it's been Zapruder filmed for sure. And in record time too. I mean, it only happened last night. Um, but 
there's a giveaway. Andy Green basically gives the, you know, tries to rim it around. Ryan McDonough gets to it before JG Pajot does. He sends the puck across the ice to Nikita Kucherov, who's just waiting there, and he just deposits it behind Varlamov. Actually, it hit off Varlamov's pads, and I mean, I guess there's a chance for him to save it, but again, that's it's not on Varlamov at all. I just kind of found that interesting. This followed a couple of other point-blank chances in the same sort of 35-second span that, you know, they uh, the, spelled the Islanders' doom, and, and the line on the ice was an unfortunate line put together uh, before the game of J.G. Pajot, uh, Leo Komarov and Andrew Ladd making his first appearance in this postseason. Um, you know, you look at the video and the thing that sticks out to me, and I think to a lot of other people as well, is Andrew Ladd watching the whole thing unfold from a spot of the ice where there's nobody, nobody to cover. There's no really, he's not doing anything there. Uh, and again, Justin Bourne's breakdown kind of gets to the point like you know you're yes you're supposed to go to a certain spot on the ice but you're supposed to cover somebody there you're not supposed to just like stand there and lad looks like he's just kind of standing there and you know i remember something i said before these playoffs started which is that you know lad like a lot of guys has now had four months or whatever it was at the time to rest to recuperate and maybe you know reset his season a little bit and and make something of this season that you know, not long ago, seemed like it was probably going to be lost forever for him. And he could have been an Islanders X factor. Well, a lot of guys did reset and refresh and the Islanders found themselves here on the strength of guys like Adam Pellick and Andy Green and even Nelson and even Barzell, who's found another uh, level here. Um, Andrew Ladd is not one of those guys. And that's a tough spot for him to be put into. But, you know, if he had taken some shots and looked dangerous and you know maybe helped out in the power play, you might be be willing to forgive him a little bit or at least give him a little leeway, excuse me. But uh, he did not. He was mostly <laughs> invisible for the entire game. And on that particular play, he was just downright atrocious. And it wasn't just his fault. I don't want to you know, be like, this is this guy. The whole line sucked. And obviously the D pair who had just come on green and, and Pollock didn't help either. And obviously Kucherov uh, being Kucherov is going to do that kind of stuff. But uh, it was a bad look, and I feel like that might be the last, the first and last time we see Andrew Ladd play for the rest of the uh, the, the playoffs here. And uh, you know, it's Barry Trotz has spent a long time, two years almost, pressing the right buttons, and boy, he pressed the wrong button that time when he put that line together. And I hope we never see it again because it was not good the entire game. It was not good. Even Pajot just looked off, like he just was not ready for what what was to come. So. Uh, yeah, that was, that was very bad <laughs> and I'll never forget it. The visual yeah. of that, that whole thing. It's, it's going to go down, you know, the, that picture with like Nabokov, Brian Strait and you know, all the, every, everybody <laughs> the playing scramble. defense. Yeah. The sc- yeah. scramble is going to go down <laughs> with that. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean that, that was tough. It was, it was the worst shift probably the Islanders have had the most expensive shift the Islanders have had in years. Mm. And, uh, Maybe since that Brian Strait holding on Crosby, you know, twenty fourteen, whatever, thirteen playoffs, whatever it was. Uh, but it, the, I, I, I actually, I, I wanted Lad to play. And I, I don't, you know, kind of like tongue in cheek, just because I thought it'd be, you know, the chaos and the polarity of it all. But I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't hoping that the, his first game was going to be game two in a kind of a must-win situation against the Lightning. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, Trotz, maybe you want to trot Andrew Ladd out when the Islanders are. Uh, you know, playing the Panthers, you know, early in the series or something, just see what he's got. Cause you know, he did look good at, right before the break. He looked good. He, 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 he played a good game for what he is now on this team, which is a 
13th, 14th forward, and he played well on that third line for a couple games, did what he was supposed to do. That I remember that Canucks game was really good. I think, did he score in that game? He might have scored, but uh, felt like he did. He played well, but um, that it's been, you know, that was six months ago. <laughs> I think it was Kenny Albert who was like, this is his fifth game in 513 days, he mm. said. And it, it, it's just like Barry Trotz can – walk into my house, steal every one of my possessions and punch me straight in the face. And I, I, I wouldn't care. Like, I just wouldn't, like, the guy is just has so much, I trust him with everything. And, and he made a mistake, but which is fine. Like, cause coaches make mistakes. It's, uh, I think the lineup construction was just a little off, especially because what, what you're doing is you're putting JG Pajot in a, in a, in a weird spot and, and he's been playing well, like him and Broussard, I, I, you know, the Broussard thing was a little weird too, because it wasn't like Derek Broussard was the reason the Islanders lost eight two. Um, I thought he, he'd been playing well. He'd been scoring and the team didn't, didn't, you know, isn't kind of a, you know, they're not a high scoring team to begin with. So it was, just, yeah, they I were should just say, uh, Broussard and Johnston played in game one and then both were scratched in game two. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, it was just a weird thing to do, I guess. Um, like, cause it's just, I, and then that <laughs> shift was just bad. It's just like, you, you, you just, it was, that shift was kind of, your worst nightmare as a fan because it just was camera like you said like Kamarov and, and lad being on the ice at the same time for it. it's just like it's just gonna wake up so many people on twitter that are gonna be annoying like well look you know these, yeah. are, these are two terrible players why are they on the ice like it was a bad call it was a bad call it cost the islanders uh mm-hmm. it was a really terrible shift on basically everybody's like <laughs> hilariously bad shift uh from everybody and that yeah, that picture that's that image is going to be seared in my mind. Uh, <laughs> just it really it looks like he's coaching. It, you know, he's mm. glad he's like standing in the slot, being like, "All right, like now you see you got options here, McDonough. You got Kucherov coming down the <laughs> flank over there, and you know there's there's only eight seconds left, so you can take a risk here. So what you want you might want to try to thread this needle because I'm not going to be paying attention. Mm. And and he did. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bourne's article makes a good point. A couple of good points. You know, one being that. We don't know what the fatigue situation was like on the bench. Um, Nelson had had a rough game, as we said. And so Trotz may have not wanted to put him in a situation where he's got to win this face off or, or, you know, he's got to protect the lead with a couple of seconds to go. So I could buy that. Uh, I don't know what line was on beforehand and, you know, why Barzell and, and Lee and those guys weren't on uh, probably would have been a better option. Uh, I think, probably my guess is that the fourth line had been on before that. So, you know, cause those guys can kill off a game too. And, you know, had seemed to have uh, enough gas. So for whatever reason, the rotation ended up on that, that third line and, and it was at the wrong time. And again, I don't want to make it sound like they had a good game other than that, because they did not uh, Pajo in, in particular, again, like, you know, he's a guy who's been, he's been lights out for the Island. I mean, he had seven goals so far already this, this postseason, And he just wasn't, really all that visible outside of maybe a little bit on the power play. Yeah. And, you know, you, he's played with Leo before um, in fairness, you know, the, the, the PK looked pretty good, which Komarov is, you know, a big part of that. He didn't take any dumb penalties. So that's good for Komarov. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to give Leo at least a little bit of leeway there. Um, and then Pajot again, just, you know, I, I think he's, he's stuck in with two guys that he just wasn't used to playing with. And, you know, lad, and you know, I, I really, I hate, I don't want to blame him and pin this on him because so many things went bad in 30 seconds that it's impossible to blame one person. 
but he unfortunately is going to take the collar for it. And like you said, like, it's just, it's that gifable moment, you know, that, that snapshot is just going to be there and, and it's immediately going to bring out all, all the, the heckle and Jekyll guys <laughs> on Twitter that, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that too. Like that, that game to lose a game with 7.8 seconds left is, is awful. I mean, is it worse than losing in overtime? Probably. Is it worse than losing eight two? Yeah, definitely. We could say that for sure. Um, but the thing that makes it really worse is that, you know, it's almost like when we watch these games, we do it as a collective, you know, everybody's on in this bar called Facebook or Twitter or the, the, the blog or whatever. And, and so everybody's, you hear everybody's reaction all at once. And it's like, you don't have time to even process what's happening before there's a thousand people, most of whom hate your team, you know, already chirping you about how much they suck and how they don't belong here and how awful that is. And you see some sympathetic people like, Oh man, that's terrible. Oh, what a bad break. That's awful. But, uh, and obviously, you know, you see a lot of fans that are like you, like, Oh my God, I can't believe it happened. This is terrible. But like, it just makes it exponentially worse to know. And you know, again, that's what gets back to what I was saying before. It's just stunning. You're taking, you have so much to take in in such a short period of time that you just shut down. Like that's where you're just stunned. Like you're really just stunned. You just, it's, it's an overload and you just don't know how to process it. And you just sit there catatonic for a few minutes. At least that's what I did. Yeah. No, me too. Like uh, I, it was, I watched with my dad and he just basically left. Like, I don't even know if he said goodbye. <laughs> like he just left the house. It's just like, all right. Yeah. Next thing I know, I like, like 45 minutes later. And I was like, I guess he's gone. <laughs> but <laughs> one thing, one thing I like, this is maybe galaxy braining a little bit, but, um, what, what that shows you too is like, it, look, the Islanders have such a, Peugeot's such a good set third line center in the Island. So they, they invested in him obviously with his contract. Now they need to make sure to keep investing in him by surrounding him with, with, you know, up to snuff players. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't really think I would consider either of his line mates. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even Russ, like Russ Johnson and, and, you know, like Tom Kunakos of the world, yeah, like every team's got guys that they need to kind of spot, plug and play. Yeah. Um, but they need to make sure that he's kind of uh, taken care of on that third line. And hopefully they do. My thing, I, I'm really surprised. I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm very surprised that Kuhn Hackle didn't play. I really am. Yeah. I, I thought, he, you know, if you were going to say like, well, they're going to take Johnston out and put somebody else in. I would have thought for sure it would have been Kuhn Hackle or Michael Dacol. Or no, Dacol played in that first yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. So I would have thought it would have been Kuhn Hackle. But, yeah, it's been weird how he, the usually you could see a pattern with trots and like the guys right. are kind of pulling it out, but it's been weird because Kunako played in the beginning and mm. then hasn't been heard of from, and then it was uh, he kind of gave uh, Dal Cole and Johnston a shot, and then became the Broussard in and out thing, and so mm. it's weird. But like I, wonder, I said, he, he can do whatever yeah. he wants. I I wonder. This is totally me just pulling this completely out of my ass, but I wonder if Kunako might not be healthy. Maybe he yeah. hurt himself in a practice or something because. He would have been the, I mean, we've seen it. We saw last year, like he played in game one. He almost scored the first goal for the Islanders in that first game against the Penguins, like 30 seconds into the game. So uh, that seems weird that he wouldn't have been the first guy to play if, if Trotz thought that they needed a jump, but whatever, he saw something in lad that he thought should put him in a lineup and he did. And well, he got burned and so did all we, and, and, you know, I don't even know if I even made it clear before, but I mean, for 58 minutes and 30 seconds, the Islanders played Islanders hockey. We saw it. You know, we were like, yes, this is the way it is. This is their game. They are playing it in the Eastern Conference final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then for 30 seconds, the whole thing went to hell. <laughs> and 
that's it. That's the story of the game. Uh, okay, so we are going to take a short break and collect ourselves after discussing that terrible, terrible turn of events. And uh, we're going to talk about game three a little bit and and look forward to some lineup changes. Uh, we know the Lightning are going to make some lineup changes, but uh, maybe we'll talk about some for the Islanders. Okay, come back in a couple. Thanks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can find T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New England Whalers. They got a whole host of really, really cool logos you can't get anywhere else. They also have our Lighthouse Hockey Al Arbor T-shirts, which our portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. And if you use the code Lighthouse15, you can save 15% off your order. So VintageIceHockey.com. Check it out today. Um, so we know of a couple of potential lineup changes, well, one definite lineup change and then one potential lineup change for the lightning coming up in game three, Alex Kalorn has been suspended for his hit on, uh, Brock Nelson. So he will not be playing in game three. And as we said before, Braden point, who, you know, is arguably the lightning's second best player. And on some nights, their best player, uh, he was injured and John Cooper was saying today that there's a chance he might not play tomorrow. Personally speaking, I feel like Cooper is just playing the playing the long game as a coach, and I feel like Point's going to come out Willis Reed style, and he's going to play. How effective will he be? Well, I don't know, but the fact that he might not play would be a huge deal because it's going to mean the Lightning are going to have to move all of their centers up. Guys like Anthony Sorelli are going to have to be playing on like the top two lines. Um, he's a good player for sure, but he's you know that's not his role generally speaking as a top line center. So there could potentially be a lot of changes that affect the lightning. But that being said, those two guys also didn't play the majority of game two and the Islanders still lost. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a chance that they can come out and win and and be prepared, or there's a chance that point plays and they, and the Islanders come out and win. So I don't know, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And you're going to be hearing about a lot if you're, you know, following uh, hockey stories and media and whatever, because it's a big story already. And have the lightning ever been healthy, like fully healthy has this group. It's just, it's, it's, it's Dude, Steven Stamkos has not played for these guys in a hundred years. How good <laughs> would they be if Stamkos was out there too? He would be like their third line center. It's, it's just, crazy. It is, it, I mean, maybe it's just because you don't hear about, you know, if, uh, you know, Patrick Maroon or uh, Carter Verhage gets hurt, but uh, it always seems like it's just anytime they get an injury, it's one of these guys. It's Hedman, it's Point, Stamkos or Kucherov. Uh, it's just, it's, it's right. really strange, but I, I do want to talk about Cooper for a second because, um, like you were saying last episode, he he is like a de facto Long Islander uh, because mm. of his Hofstra ties and whatever. And but he 
like the cell people were kind of making fun of like the celebration i don't know if they <laughs> it's hard to tell if someone's being like you know tongue-in-cheek about it on twitter or not but uh i mean i'd love that like if, if that was my coach like i i'd be happy i, I love every time yeah. like barry trotz does one of his little trotzisms mm. or his trotzian things like I, and i'm sure that lightning fan like he I think it, it, having trots like real recognize real, like you realize like these other coaches now in the league, you're like, you know, that guy's kind of like, he's got, you know, the right uh, coaching DNA, I guess. Like he's doing the, 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 it seems like at least, obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it seems like he's, he's kind of in, in that trots kind of conversation of a guy who, who you just would love having as a coach uh, and playing for. Um, and, and when you're playing against him, you're going to hate him, but, uh, cause, <laughs> but it's just, I, I, I don't have anything any like ill will outside of uh, you know this play- once this playoff series ends so far at least uh, towards him because uh, you know he's just like if he was the Islanders coach I would I wouldn't hate it at all of, of course you know Barry Trotz notwithstanding like he just he's a uh, enjoyable he's like a good character I think for for hockey yeah. oh definitely I, I would like to see him I, I do like him and we talked last week about you know having a good a good healthy respect for the guy uh, I would like to not that I want to see him get fired or anything but. At some point, you know, a coach's shelf life is going to end. And I would like to see him behind the bench of another team because, you know, Dan Bilesma had the look of a good coach too <laughs> when he was coaching yeah, the Penguins. And, you know, he seemed to have all the – pushed all the right buttons and have his head, you know, in, in the spots that you want to see a coach. I mean, it, we hated it, obviously, as a Penguins, you know, as a, a division rival. But then he went to Buffalo and, yeah, that didn't work out so well, you know, without without Crosby and Malkin. So uh, it should be pretty interesting. Um to see, I mean, again, this is, we're talking years and years down the line that, that celebration though, I saw some people, like you said, like getting on his case about how dorky it was and it was dorky, but like, let's be honest when your team celebrates at home, how are you celebrating? You know, when you, when they score a goal, like it's pretty dorky. Like when people score goals, I wish these players would show more personality. Like, yeah, I wonder why they don't, because you just made fun of their coach incessantly when he (laughs) celebrated a huge goal. Right. I mean, when people score goals on NHL 20 on PlayStation, like, what are they doing? They're sitting around. No, they're jumping up and doing the whole thing. And and it's, you know, it's pretty exciting. Like, I would do that. I mean, I, I want to see a picture of the the Leafs uh, home press box when the Leafs score at home. And I'm sure there's there's 28 John Coopers all bouncing around going crazy because Austin Matthews just made the score 5-2, you know, something like that. So uh, I'm not uh, – I think Coach Cooper is, was right in – it being excited and you hate it. Uh, trust me. I, in the moment I hated it, but in looking back at it, I was like, you know what? That's pretty funny. I got to give them up, give it up for that. I, I kind of <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, those are, so those are two potentially huge, huge issues. And Carter Verhage, the guy you just mentioned, I don't know if you, you did that on purpose. He might end up getting to play in that game. If, if either, uh, if point doesn't play or we know Kaloran again is definitely going to be out. It's only one game. So he's definitely going to miss game three. Um, as for the Islanders, well, Barry Trotz is never going to tip his hand. We know that. Uh, again, I do, I do believe that Andrew Ladd won't be playing. It would be pretty funny if if he just runs yeah. it back with Ladd. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Ladd, Barzell, and Everly on the top, you know, something like that. Uh, I don't think that would be the case. Um, you know, too, which I thought was funny. Like he was getting a lot of power yeah. all the time, and a part of yeah. it was not being hurt for a little bit, but uh, right. even when and they had a lot back. of power plays yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, had he had he done something in those moments, you know, maybe that egregious <laughs> of fail on that final play would have been a tiny bit easier to swallow and just be like, Oh man, it's just one bad thing. And then what are you going to do? But it was not one bad thing. It was many, many bad things, but uh, Nelson came back again. He didn't look really all himself for, 
the second half of that game. So hopefully he's okay. Um, you know, would, would Ross Johnson draw back in? Who knows? Will Michael Dow Cole, I like Dow Cole's game. I, I don't, I like seeing him out there. His legs are younger. He's a little bit faster than the other guys. Doesn't try and do too much. He just tries to, you know, keep the puck in front of him and put it in the right spots. Um, so I don't, I would actually like to see Dow Cole in there, but I mean, there's probably a, I don't know what the odds are of that actually happening. Maybe Tom Kuhnhackle plays. I don't know. As far as the goalie goes, I would think that Varlama would play again. Um, I don't think Green is going to sit, even though again his giveaway on that last play was was pretty egregious. And yeah, that, he's he's had a, he's is someone who you know I've been obsessed with him for the first first couple <laughs> weeks. He's had a couple a few tough games. Um, yeah. you, know, you just think like stylistically, like this is probably a tough matchup for him, especially when the Lightning had the last change. Just because these guys right. like keeping the game simple against Nikita Kucherov is is really hard because he's yeah. on a whole different level. And that's a good point that the the Islanders are now the quote home team for the next two games, so they're going to get the last change and and have those uh, those uh, you know um, uh, whatever up up uh, <laughs> those advantages I should say. Um, you know I don't think Johnny Boychuk would draw in at this point again. It's been several weeks since he played that first game against the the Panthers. Um, to me, you know I, I hate saying it, but I feel like Letty and and Taves in particular are the two guys that have struggled the most. Uh, Pollock had a tough, has had a tough two games. The first game, everybody had a tough game. So what are you going to do? Second game, you know, he was, he was in a bad spot and never found the right spot and, you know, looked okay for the most part during the course of the game. But that one thing I'm sure is still sticking in his mind to me, Letty has really been out of sorts and, and Taves too. I mean, he he did not have a great game offensively and seems to be kind of chasing the play a little bit. Um, you know, that's not good when, <laughs> when two of your six defensemen are really struggling three, if you count, you know, if we throw, uh, uh, green in there as well. And again, the only guys that seem to be doing okay, are maybe Pollock and, uh, and Mayfield, but, um, it's, uh, it's been tough, I think for Letty and, you know, I, I don't want to look too far ahead. I, I don't want to sit here and be like, the series is over. You're listening to this on Friday. They're going to play Friday night. They're going to play Sunday, uh, Friday night, by the way, 8 PM USA network is where the game is at. So don't look at it on channel four or SB, you know, don't, don't go to NBC sports and be like motocross. What the hell is this? It's the USA network. It's just, if you don't know where it is, ask your dad where he watches CSI uh, and Chicago PD reruns and he'll tell you where it is. Uh, and it's there. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't know what kind of changes they're going to make. I don't think it's going to be a lot other than the forward spot that we've been talking about. Um, but uh the Islanders need to find something and they need to find that little extra thing. Barzell, by the way, we didn't even follow up. He had a great game too. He was all over the place and the lightning were chasing him. Uh, and he looked like himself and he's looked like he's found, you know, that same level that he had found against the flyers. Um, but you know, couldn't, couldn't cash in and couldn't find the back of the net. And he, he's going to need to do that. And unfortunately the lightning are going to be all over him, including Victor Hedman, who's literally twice his size, which can't be easy to do either. So We'll just have to see. We'll see how it goes and, and we'll have to see and, you know, if changes are made. And oh, yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say, too, was, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I, I wonder if we are seeing the last the last days of Nick Letty in an Islanders uniform. And if they, if it, it is the case, then that's that's pretty sad. And I just I want him to go out playing better than he has right now, which yeah. is not not good. And again, I, none of this is I'm not saying the O2 is his fault or anything, but he just really seems out of sorts. And maybe I'm wrong, but it just to my eye, it seems like he's having some problems out there. Yeah, yeah. I, you you kind of, in a weird way, hope it is just because if the Islanders can get his contract off the books, it'll make the off season a little simpler. But right, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it, like it, it, he'll be one for us to talk about in the off season because he's just he's going to have 
such he's got such an interesting Islander career in term like <laughs> it's long it's a long career you know especially mm. by you know, today's standards uh, and especially for a guy that didn't draft um, and they the highs were just so exceedingly high and the lows have been low and they've been long like you mm. every I, I remember his first bad year like everyone it was three years ago I guess or yeah three years the last year of Doug Wade hockey like everybody was like he'll bounce back he should bounce back on everybody sucked on defense with, <laughs> with Doug Wade, but he just never did it's it's really strange and and it's not it doesn't seem like it's like because he lost the step or something at all he's still a good skater especially for a defenseman maybe he's lost a little bit of speed but yeah there's just something that's, that's just never clicking anymore and he'll show signs of old Nick Letty uh for like a game or two and then all of a sudden he becomes bad Nick Letty for you know two weeks three weeks <laughs> yeah I don't know it's it's it has been very weird and I mean I can't it can't be easy to have had that many coaches. I mean, for the guys that have been here for a long time, ask Josh Bailey about having too many coaches, I guess, <laughs> but it seems like everybody's kind of adjusted and it's taken him a little bit of time to get there. And again, maybe he's hurt. I mean, I don't know, but maybe he's, he's, you know, struggling against the weight of the Eastern conference final, but it's just, uh, it's been tough. And again, you know, when we know what happens when, when Pollock scores and when Pollock struggles and when Barzell struggles and, you know, the goalies obviously struggle, you know, it's going to be bad, but like if Letty was being, was better, it just, it would make everything better. It would make the power play click a lot better. He's out there, but it just somewhat, so, so, so many times just nothing happens and he's making these back passes to the guy streaking behind him and then just nothing comes of it. And you just wonder like, is he just kind of going through the motions here? Like, it seems like he's got it maybe in his, his, in his head a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to psychoanalyze the guy when he's in Edmonton trying to <laughs> trying to win a game here uh and and keep their season going but uh it's just it's another thing to watch for and again I don't think he's coming out of the lineup I mean who, who would they replace him with I guess Dobson would be his eventual replacement anyway but uh I can't see I mean that would be that would be a bold move that would be an even bolder move yeah. than Andrew Ladd would be dropping the rookie <laughs> in there in <laughs> game three of the Eastern Conference final yeah I don't think Barry's gonna do that but uh you know you know maybe you never know we'll see tune in eight o'clock USA channel to, to yeah. find out. Um, yeah. So anything else before we, uh, we wrap it up? Um, hope, I think we hope did. for the best in hope game three. Hope, hope that the, uh, the USA network crowd gets introduced to a nice brand of Islander hockey. You know, they, we already interrupted the Islanders already interrupted that, you know, Chris Lee knows best or whatever in the afternoon that one time I'm sure that <laughs> people were pissed off about that. And again, here we go. Chicago PD is what would have been playing at that time, but uh, it is not. So too bad, Chicago PD. Um, enjoy the game. Read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. And some, uh, some very well-written, if sorrowful, recaps <laughs> in the last couple of days. Uh, great job, everybody. I, I don't know how – I when I, those games happen, I just – like I said, I zone out and I close the computer and I just try and go to sleep. But uh, kudos to Jenny and Steve and Dom for, for writing those recaps. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Maybe he can help you win some dough. Uh, if you read his uh, work at the Action Network, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, game, game four is three o'clock on NBC on Sunday. So... Uh, I like to think that maybe we can get together Sunday night and, and recap whatever happens in the next two games. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Everybody will see what what uh, what we can do after that. But, uh, yeah, just uh, hope the Islanders can find the right buttons to press and uh, can uh, put a couple of pucks behind Andre Vasilevsky. And, 
you know, get back into this series in the next couple of days. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. And uh, we will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye.